Welcome to the WP SEO Show, brought to you by SEO Hive, your proactive white label SEO partner. The WP SEO Show is all about talking WordPress and SEO, from optimizations, structures, setups, and plugins. We explore how to make your WordPress website perform better in the search engines. Here are your hosts, Pete Everett and Jeff Patch. I think we're on. Hello and welcome to the WP SEO show. I am your co-host Jeff. I almost said your co-host Pete because that's what I hear every time when we record these, but uh, my co-host Pete let me do the intro today. Hey Pete, how you doing? Hey, <laughs> and if I was marking it, no, it was great. <laughs> I mean, the end of- yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's nice to not have to think of an introduction and see the three, two, one counting down and think, okay, what the hell am I going to say? Oh, I didn't get a three, two, one countdown on my end. You're uh, you're not giving me all the technical um, loopholes and shortcuts and cheat codes that you have over there on your side. But you know, clearly, I'm not the professional podcaster. Pete's a little bit more experienced than that. But uh, anyway, we can welcome to the show today. I have a bit of a question. I'm I'm actually really excited about this one because. Um, it's about SEO recurring services. We're not going to talk anything really technical about SEO or anything today. Um, but you know, Pete and I both have our own kind of agencies. Um, my, I say kind of, cause mine's a little bit different than everybody's, but I'm looking forward to kind of getting into learning more about what, you know, what Pete's done in this situation or these cases and stuff. But anyway, the topic today, I'll get to it is, do you have to give up project-based work when you're doing recurring services? Obviously recurring services are giant to both of our companies, both of our businesses. Um, but you know, you could definitely get bogged down with that. So I would love to hear kind of your thoughts on this, Pete, if you've been in this situation before, and then uh, maybe I'll contrast a bit. Well, it's, it's interesting that because, so if I rewind my, in my career about 12 years, I was running, I was really a freelancer, but I was, I was billing myself as an agency. I was that one person agency kind of thing. And I, my background's in development. So I didn't, I worked for a lot of designers building out their stuff. Um, and that was all project work. And then I got headhunted for a job working at an e-commerce agency here in the UK. Um, and my, the job that I got headhunted for was to be their head of digital marketing. And basically that meant that I had to grow the company's recurring revenue. So we had, I mean, that was an agency of, it was 19 of us when I started and it was about 35 when I left. And over two and a half years, we'd grown the recurring from about 15, 16,000 pounds a month to 81, 82,000 pounds a month. We were just shy of the 83,000 pound mark. I know that because that would have been like a million a year and we were just underneath it. So I'm picturing you guys had like a, like a chart somewhere, one of those <laughs> thermometers that you color in every couple days, you know, did you have something like that in the office? <laughs> not not did quite. Did you have an office? Did offices exist back then? Oh, this, we very much did have an office. I had to commute uh, about 30 miles a day uh, or 30 miles each way each day to, uh, to go to the office. And uh, yeah, we were all under one roof. Um, we even bought the office next door and knocked big holes through while I was there so, to have two offices. Um, so yeah, it was all, it was all very much bricks and mortar type, type agency. Um, we didn't have the thermometer. We did have a, a database that we ran everything through that we'd built ourselves. I say we, they'd built it before I'd started there. 
and uh, that did have a a management screen which which did track it so we had a graph that you know very web agency e it did itself we didn't have to get the felt tips out um but that also meant that you couldn't hide from the the harsh truth that sometimes the recurring went down instead of up so um yeah that that was that but yeah so i've seen it from both sides so when i started the business that i run now so that's the name of the agency and i'm not just saying so randomly in the middle of the sentence. so my, dot 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 so which dot, is dot, part dot. of your logo right it is <laughs> yeah yeah so, so my, my agency is called so digital communications uh different story about that I won't bore you with it but the whole premise of me setting up this agency was that it was going to be based on a foundation of recurring revenue because of the benefits that that brings um and you know you you've run maintain press now for what I'm going to say four or five years, but I might be way out with that. I want to say it's, I want to say five. I think we might be on six now, actually. Okay. And, you know, that's that's exactly the same. That's based on clients paying in recurring yep. revenue. And, yep. and there's a whole load of security that brings with it if you can build it to a specific point. Um, and that point isn't a monetary number it's it's actually basically your overheads if you can get take your take your recurring revenue save your taxes that you need to offer and still have enough to pay your all your bills each month then that's that's your flexibility point right there anything over that regardless of whether it's recurring or whether it's project work is pure profit and mm-hmm. it is just a lovely lovely place to be yeah i think that's a good way to phrase it it is a lovely place to be I um <clears throat> I feel weird. I'll be honest. I have a little bit of like imposter syndrome when it comes to kind of talking about projects and stuff because I've put them on the back burner the last few years. Because like you mentioned, Maintain Press, it's my my other business that I don't run with you. That you are one of our fabulous customers, though. We worked closely <laughs> together for years. <laughs> um, but that started as a side project because, or as a side business or a hustle or whatever, because I was doing freelance pro- you know project work like you did back in the day. I was doing that nonstop, but I was also, I also had a nine to five job. And so I took the side projects just for fun. And I always looked at them as like pure profit. Like if I did a little website for somebody, you know, it was usually the agency would pay us or to do like a, you know, they do the design and we'd build it out in WordPress or something, or I would build it out in WordPress back then. And, you know, whatever it was, you know, $500, $1,000 depended on the site, but like I put that money in my pocket and I spent it <laughs> every time <laughs> that was just like my free spending cash. And then I had a nine to five that, you know, paid the bills and, you know, I, I was semi responsible with, so I've kind of never banked project work, you know, for better or worse, right. I just never got into that habit. Um, but now I've, I, I don't want to say I shy away from it, but we're just so focused on monthly services that we, we don't really kind of seek out projects. You know, we take them, um, put them on the calendar, you know, usually we can, jump on things in a relatively fast or relatively short amount of time and we've got the team in place to kind of grow and expand if you know project work starts to take off more if we need to and we've got freelancers you know i mean so the the bases are covered but that said you mentioned you know it takes away a lot of your time you know when you start doing projects and stuff and and i know before the show we were chatting a little bit so one of the things i kind of always complain about this and i don't want to be a downer or negative whatever but it doesn't matter what deadline we have set, whether it's an internal one or an external with the client, whatever the factors are, something always comes into play. And it's like, you know, a client holds up content or whatever it is. So banking on project work for me is it causes major anxiety because I like, you know, great. We should have this done by April 30th. 
well, we've got bills to pay on May 1st. So, you know, if that doesn't close on April 30th or the company decides to take 90 days to pay their invoice, you're in a bad spot. So that's why we've, you know, I don't want to say transitioned, but we definitely prefer, not, and I don't even want to say prefer, but that's why we rely on the monthly revenue, recurring revenue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, there's, there's so many advantages to having recurring revenue. Not, not least the fact that, Right, here's the scenario I see all the time when I'm dealing with agencies, either through SEO Hive or through some coaching that I do. And that is that some people, I'm going to caveat this by saying some people are very good at making themselves look busy. But generally speaking, people that rely on project work, they know they have to knuckle down and get the project done in order to get that invoice out at the other end. I always encourage them to maybe think about where their invoice points are, but they yeah that that's that's what they're doing so you sell a project and then you're encompassed by it or maybe you sell two or three projects but you're then encompassed by them your open quotes full close quotes until those projects are cleared and those invoices are out and then you have to start worrying about the next sale and that's that's basically what the feast famine cycle is of project work you're busy when you have a project you're not busy when you don't and your income fluctuates between the two the advantage of recurring revenue is you make that one sale, but then they pay you every month, uh, presuming you're going to do monthly recurring, right? You, you, there are, you know, I have some clients that pay me quarterly. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's an agreement that we have. But they're going to pay you over and over and over and over again. And you don't have to sell it again. Um, and here's the, here's the big kicker with it. I speak to a lot of agencies and they say, like I'm working so hard, I'm working every hour God sends, and then I can't make a sale. And I just, whatever happens, I can't seem to like break past the 50, 60, $70,000 mark. And in all honesty, this coaching that I'm doing with you, it's like taking me into the red. I've just not got the money by the time I've taken the tax off it. I, I just don't know where to go. And my answer to them is always the same. So if you're doing like 60 or $70,000 a year, that's like, five to six, six and a half thousand dollars a month. If you, but it doesn't come in like that. It comes in peaks and troughs. Actually, if you sell recurring services, it's not as much work. You can plan in when that work's coming and you only need eight and a half thousand dollars a month to hit a hundred thousand throughout the year. So actually it's not, value wise it's not that much more per month if you see if you take what you're averaging at the moment and and roll it across but you can guarantee on it so rather than worrying about selling a hundred thousand dollars or pounds or whatever your currency is of something just go and worry about selling that eight and a half thousand per month and figure it out from that and guess what you're at six figures before you know it and then you can then you can grow it from there yeah um, it, it, it definitely adds up quickly i'm not going to say you're going to be you know, rich by focusing on MMR or M. I cannot say those three letters together, <laughs> but you know, you can, you can help build that stability there. Um, you, uh, you said something that I was going to brush on and then I just distracted myself getting frustrated at my uh, slight speech impediment there. Well, th just, 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 if I can inject, which might help you re Please. remember it, Please. Uh, an MMR in this country is a vaccination that you get when you're a kid. Uh, yes. Yeah. Here, here as well. Here as well. We're not going to go into vaccine talk today. though. 
this this could have been a really difficult episode because I almost said I'm so glad for the pandemic that we don't have to go into offices anymore. But I'm not glad for the <laughs> pandemic. I just want to be clear. I'm not glad. I, I just I am I am thankful that remote work has kind of taken a front seat. Anyway, that's a whole nother episode there. Um, <clears throat> actually, okay, yes, it was. It was about the profit. So, um, with projects. <laughs> It's such a it's such a big unknown, right? I mean, it could be a five maybe maybe you're niche down. Maybe you do five page brochure sites. You know exactly how much work's going to go into there. I had uh, an RFP come across our desk the other day from from one of our clients, and it was insane, insane <laughs> the technical things that they were looking at. And the best part was they said, "Oh, uh, some new things have come to light this week," and they had this full giant technical breakdown. And I just kind of went all that just came to light. This is scary as heck, but you're looking at it and you're going, how much is all of this going to cost? And I'm not even talking about them. How much is it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. And I realized I'm looking at it and going, I don't know. I just don't know. You know? So I, I, I told them, I said, um, you know, we're not, we're, they're not really looking for an R, a huge proposal here. We're not going to build out an RFP and spend all that time. Um, we can continue this conversation, do a little discovery, but I want to set the, the, uh, set the kind of expectations now. And I said, this is at least, you know, a $10,000, whatever it was project that I quoted. And I said, if that's in their ballpark, we can sit down and have this talk. But if not, let's just all save everybody the time. And, you know, that's the thing. You could do a $10,000 project, but how much is it going to cost you? If it cost you $9,000 in six months of your time, that was not a profitable project. Yeah. And you just spent half the year losing money when you could have been hopefully doing it monthly and profiting with set costs and reasonable expectations. And you would know, you know, probably you're going to know what all your, you know, expenses are with your monthly recurring and all that's going to be a lot less. uh, It's going to be a lot more predictable, less fluctuating. So if we get back to the topic at hand here, which is, I I think, I think we've probably done the selling of why MMR is a good idea, but let's get back to the topic. Do you have to stop doing project work to do monthly recurring revenue? The simple answer to that is no. You don't have to stop. There's a but though, isn't there? Which is, but you have to make time for it in your calendar. Yep. So if you're running your agency right now and all you have is project work, maybe you have a few domain renewals or some hosting agreements or whatever, that's that's fine. By MMR, I'm not really talking about that stuff. That's kind of like service costs almost. But the... Uh, you know, We're talking about like care talking... plans, SEO plans, yeah. things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's it exactly. The things that so they're not they're not like cheapest chips, twenty dollar domain renewals, but they are they're, they're they're work that you have to do each month, but they are at a on a recurring basis. Um, if you're if you're doing that, you've got to make the space in your diary for it. Now that that might mean you know when you sell the first one, you know you might be able to say right, okay, well I need like two mornings a month for this, so you can schedule that in the in your diary, and then you can move on, you know, and and th- that's what you, that's the two mornings you're going to work on it, and then as you sell more, you've got to be a bit more flexible and and build this thing in. Now the the best if, if you're a solo agency or a small team, the by far the best way of doing this is calendar blocking to to get going you will outgrow that that method of doing it but you don't need to go all into some weird like um uh gantt chart type project management system in order to figure this out when you're starting and you've only got a handful of clients uh, just just use a calendar or if you're using a a 
project management system like ClickUp. Like, I mean, we're, we're very big ClickUp advocates. Um, but yeah, like ClickUp or like Monday.com or like uh, Basecamp or whatever it is, just pop things in there in the diary facilities in there. And that, that will serve you certainly to the point of, let's say, 10 or 12 clients without, without a problem. Once you start getting bigger than that, you do have to start making some considerations about factoring work in. But that would be, in order to get you out the gate, you don't need anything complicated other than to make the time to actually do it. Because, of course, if you go and lose a client that is $400 a month, you've actually lost nearly five grand a year. So that's, you know, you've really got to take care of your clients once you get them. They're hard one, but they're valuable once you get them. Yeah, kind of going off of things earlier, we're talking about the, um, uh, you know, profit and stuff. And I look at projects now as being basically pure profit because we're not requiring it. You know what I mean? Because they're generally speaking, we're not attributing much of the much of the cost towards time uh, unless we had to bring in a, you know, contractor or something like that. But for the most part, I still, this probably isn't the best habit to be in, but I'm still kind of in that, ooh, it's bonus <laughs> mode <laughs> whenever projects come along. So yeah, you know, but it's, uh, that's how, that's how we deal with them. It's how we enjoy them. It works well for us. I guess we've kind of carved out a, you know, a setup that works or something, but I'm glad that we don't have to chase them. Uh, mm-hmm. But I like when they come around. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, it's it, you've just got to take the responsibility with them. And that's the. Um, but you can forecast the work, and bef- because of that, you can forecast your profit. Your profits completely. And listen to our previous show, which was about how to price recurring services. Um, you know, you can build your profit into this, so you know exactly what your costs are going to be. You know exactly how much money you're going to make, and once you've passed that break-even point, then you are empowered. At that point you don't need any more money. You, now, that's not to say you shouldn't earn any more money, but you don't need it. So if a project comes along that isn't a good fit, or if a client comes along and you're not happy about it, or if there's a project that doesn't enthuse you, then you don't need to say yes. And, you know, if you like the person but don't like the project, you might help them find somebody else to do it for them. If you don't like the person or the project, you just say, no, that's not for me, and you walk away and you can sleep easy at night. That is the beauty of getting to that sweet spot. It also means that you can start to make business decisions as your monthly recurring revenue grows. So if you want to take on a new member of staff or, um, you know, it can be anything from sort of a VA right through to actually somebody that's going to come and work with you full time, you know, in your local area, whatever it is, you can speak to your accountant, find out how much that's going to cost, what salary can you offer, and when your recurring can afford it, then you stick the job ad out and that's you know you can make all of those decisions based on your recurring revenue you want to take a holiday projects then stop or you work on holiday uh but i don't know i mrs everett doesn't really like it when i take a laptop on holiday so um <laughs> i have been mrs. Known, Everett's I, looking out for you i like it good, yeah good. i i when, when we go on holiday i mean i do take my phone and i take an ipad with me normally but when we get there like normally my phone stays in the the place where we're staying and if we're going out anywhere we take hers so that i'm not really contactable while while we're out for the day and then i can check in at night if i want to and and you know and that kind of thing but yeah we don't want the phone ringing while i'm on a hard-earned holiday it's you know or everybody likes vacation that's you gotta you gotta work to live not live to work yeah 
It's been a while for me. We have we had one scheduled right when COVID started, and uh, that was that's kind of kicked things. Uh, change change your traveling plans around, I guess we'll say. So we're still trying to get back to there, but I mean, we you know we get a, we get out and about in our area, but we haven't been been abroad in a long time. So, mm. although you live in a far bigger country than me, I mean, I can I can drive abroad. When... That's true. Yeah, didn't you went to France or there? You're like, I'm just gonna go drive to France. I'm like. <laughs> now, I did. I did need a train that went through a tunnel for 22 miles of it. I'll be honest. I technically the train did the drive to France bit. And what's cool with that is when you pull up in the train in the Euro Tunnel, there's these like uh, there's these like um, you know the old like ticker tape signs that you you sometimes get at, like stadiums and that kind of thing. They've got yeah. those every like I don't know five meters in the carriages that you you have to drive in and onto the train and. Uh, and that when you when you get on the thing that's going across says relax we'll drive, which always makes me smile. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good tagline for a monthly recurring revenue business right there, like a care plan or relax we'll drive your website. There yeah, you go. absolutely. First person that wants to coin that, let us know so we can you know post that it's been taken. But that's a free one for somebody. So yeah, so that's you know the yeah you you've got to you've got to be responsible with it. But look, when I set up, so my my drive, day one, month one, day one, invoice one, was to build the recurring revenue of the company to cover cost. And I did that in seven months. By the seventh month, I would was earning enough to pay myself, to pay my salary every month and cover all the taxes and, and whatever. And then I could start to employ people. Uh, and by 11 months I'd employed my wife to start working with me because I needed some admin help and uh, and then she's she's a writer so she could help out with some of the SEO stuff and then I employed a developer and then I employed a designer and so so it built and uh, but all of those decisions then then I got an office which I got rid of in COVID um I got a nice car uh yeah so all of those things were decisions made on recurring revenue I don't remember how long it uh, took me to get to that kind of that break even or, you know, that point where you were like, okay, this is it. We can do this full time. No. But I know that when I hit that number, it was the same month that my nine to five job I had for 17 years was winding down. Like it was Mm -hmm. when we got told, hey, we're going to go and be shutting things down. We have about, I think, six more months. But, you know, you guys should probably get your affairs in order. And I was like perfect i just did this morning that's so great what what awesome timing i mean thank you okay all right see you guys i mean like i was the only one that left that like wasn't like in tears because i was like i literally just got a new job today that's so weird i don't know how that worked out but <laughs> but that's you know and I'm, I'm not trying to brag or laugh i'm just laughing at that but that is what recurring revenue can help you build it can give you that stability you know for you if you're a freelancer or a solopreneur building your business or your agency or you know if you're already established and not doing it that I still meet so many agencies and freelancers and contractors and stuff that build a site, say goodbye and don't, you know, even want to put clients on, on any sort of recurring services. We actually just onboarded one that had a full offboarding document and taught them everything to do with their website, including how to do all the maintenance and everything. And they looked at that and went, we don't want to do this. Let's hire you. (laughs) It's not that bad, but it's not their wheelhouse, you know? So it's kind of funny that there's still people not capitalizing on this. So, you know, if you're not, and assuming you don't have a reason not to be, you know, consider (laughs) focusing on it. And you can still take project work. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's, here's then the thing. Let's, let's use this as the coming into land section of the show. 
Sure. What are mm. what are the that's for people that aren't watching this on our YouTube channel? And if you aren't subscribed to our YouTube channel, go to seohive.co forward slash YouTube and it'll forward you straight on there. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um but what are the things you need to be careful of when selling recurring services? Have you got have you got anything that springs to mind? Uh scope or you know what i mean uh, the the product that you are selling and we read something earlier i think probably when we were chatting earlier but um what was the quote it was selling the selling the the goal rather than the product selling, oh, selling the service the rather than, yeah selling the process thank you that's what it was um and that you know and that's really what it is so for us it's you know website hosting maintenance is, I mean, I'm sorry, not for SEO hive, but for my agency at maintain press it's, uh, you know, hosting it's website maintenance, keeping the clients out of there. So, I mean, unless they want to obviously, and their care plans, you know, doing their content updates and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really simple, but that's what we sell. That's what we promise. And then that way when something changes, it's okay. You know what I mean? If we change our hosting platforms, no big deal. We didn't sell you on hosting on X server, we sold you on, we're taking care of you. Okay. And you know, yep. we can do that. So it's the process that we sell for the most part. Um, and if you don't do that, this was the whole question was what, what do you want to be afraid of? Right. Or what should be, be wary of, and that is not doing this so that it's, you know, wide open. And I just made it sound really wide open. You're going to have to rephrase this one for me, Pete. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, no. So, for, we're not going to edit this by the way <laughs> no we're not no this, this is all going in the main show so i think i think there's two things there's two things to this from a from a provider's point of view which maintain presses which seo hive is yeah i mean we we predominantly work on recurring services that that's exactly what seo hive is there to do is to help agencies build recurring revenue through delivering high quality seo services that's literally what it says on our website that is our kind of mantra however so as a service provider, yeah, you know, we do have some one-off products, but actually uh, we are trying to get agencies onto a recurring deal as fast as we can because that's going to help them build recurring deals as fast as they can. Um, that said, when you're in the agency seat, now we're, as the provider, we're kind of shielded from the client a little bit. You know, our client is the agency, but we are delivering work for their client. So we call we call our clients our clients agency partners, which means we can then term the client, the end client, as the client site. So yeah, we have that level of sort of protection. But as the agency, you don't necessarily have that. You're dealing face to face with the client week in, week out, month in, month out. And of course, if something goes wrong, they're going to shout at you. They're not going to shout at us because you're dealing with the communications. So you know you've got to make sure that the clients are people that you're prepared to work work with so in my agency in so in the uk between 65 and 70 percent of our revenue is recurring services and that other 30 percent which is way into our profit window well i was looking at this earlier um earlier with my business partner actually so so far this year we're running at a 52 percent profit margin so you know anything that you know the the, the final 30 percent of our turnover is is basically a good chunk of the profit that's all it is is profit um because everything else is costed and paid for with the recurring services so i I, i'm not saying that to brag i'm just being honest that that's where we are so because of that i 
make sure that we use some of those ad hoc projects as ways of vetting clients. In the past, I've, I've frequently said that selling a retainer to a client you've just met is a bit like getting married on the first date. You 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 know you have no idea whether you can actually help these people you have no idea whether you like them they you have no idea whether they like you whether they're going to fit in with your processes whether they're going to be a right pain in the ass you have no you know they could be anywhere on that spectrum and you just don't know so by having a couple of gated projects uh, gated services that are ad hoc that you can use as sales like stepping stones into the retainer gets everybody the chance to like try out everybody and make sure that it's a good fit and if it isn't then you can walk away with your head held high there's no swearing there's no nasty emails there's none of that you can just you can just get on with life and move on to the next one but if you do sell that retainer straight away as the agency you are running the risk of potentially working with people that you don't like you are so much more eloquent with this than I am sometimes, but I will add to that because you helped me get back on track. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, yeah, you are getting a chance to kind of screen the client as you're saying, but also you're getting the opportunity to set the standards, set the bar. You're getting a chance to, you know, put your processes in place, let them know what the rules are, what, how is it going to work? So, Theoretically, you know, I mean, you could start with somebody that maybe wasn't playing by the rules very well at first, and you can steer them by the end of the project to being a good client. I mean, I have seen that done. I've also said, okay, thanks after a few projects. So I've seen it go both ways, but you know what I mean? I've definitely seen clients that started out rough around the edges, and then you can you can get to that stage with them. Oh, absolutely. And look, that's not by far, it's not a foolproof system. You know, I've I've ended up with clients on retainers that a few months in, I've said, look, this, this isn't happening. But I'm now talking about maybe one or two a year yeah. rather than one or two a month, which is a far different place to be in. Um, so, you, you know, very quickly, my process is if, if now this is just for brand new people that we've not built their website. We've never worked with them before, et cetera, et cetera. They come to me and they say, hey, Pete, we'd like you to help us with SEO. OK, yeah, we can do that. Well, the first thing we're going to do is an SEO health check. And the cost for that is this. And this is what it includes. And we're going to run through that. And then we'll we'll report back to you and we'll, you know, we'll move on to the next step. And then the next step is a keyword researching mapping exercise, which means that we know we can then scope at the end of that how, exactly how much work we need to do in order to actually get you to rank for terms that are going to help you. And the cost for that is X. And it's more than the SEO health check, but it's yeah, you know, it's actually more than the monthly retainer is going to be, but it's it's building in price. And when we get to the end of that, so that's the two projects. If I then want to work with the client, I can then offer them a retainer. And if I don't want to work with them, then I can say, "Here's your keyword research and mapping. This is your content plan. It's been great working with you. Um, unfortunately, we're we're not going to fulfill this one, but you can take this and send it to any agency that you like. Here's your keys. <laughs> yeah, here's your keys. Go crash the car yourself." Now, I, th I think I <laughs> go crash your car. That's God. <laughs> well, I'm only saying that if I think I can't help them. So <laughs> you don't you don't stop me in my tracks with with uh, thoughts like that very often. But that one that one really <laughs> uh, my ca colors changing on my video camera because the, the white balance is changing because I'm so red right now. So not, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, 
I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I assume that, you know, the start of the project, you are, you are focused on that recurring at the end of it. You're planning on it, but you at least, you just give yourself the flexibility of being able to, you know, kind of reassess that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's some clients we might offer both products to at the same time and maybe give them a bit of a discount if they're maybe a referral, referral from a friend or something that, that we've already had a bit of a tip off that we might be a good fit. And there's other people that we actually might want to slow it down and say, you know what, I'm not ready to say no yet, but maybe we could just do something else. And, you know, whether that's build out some landing pages or something on there, you know, or or restructure part of their theme or whatever it might be in order to put an extra project stage in there. Um, but yeah, we, we, and look, as I say, this is only for people that we haven't worked for in the past. If we built somebody a website last year and they've now talking to me about seo great yeah let's talk about seo let's let's jump into it but it also means we get to get our hands dirty on their website in their business understanding how they work um we can ask some awkward questions as well we, we had a guy that sold climbing frame equipment and he bought in these molds everything worked like a honeycomb and you could buy like different packages and they all sort of slotted together because they were honeycomb shaped and uh but he only had one set of molds and you know uh, there, there was a 14 day lead time if you placed an order so i said right so if i place an order today it's 14 days before delivery yeah, yeah yeah um so what happens to the person that places the order tomorrow when's their delivery oh well, 14 days after that and his business partner nudged him and said no no it's uh 28 days because they have to build my well it'd be 27 days because there'll be one day into my order so i'd have 13 days left and they'd have to wait for the molds to be free before they could start manufacturing the next one so you're looking at like 27 days, right? So then if somebody places an order the day after them, you're now looking at whatever that is, uh, 41 days. Uh, yeah, so actually, you, we're not ready to do SEO yet for you because if we get you too many leads, you're just going to be getting bad reviews. You get one or two leads a month, they're done for it. Yeah, that's it. So I mean that's you know, a good, I get I mean, that's a good situation to be in, but I think they quickly are realizing the limits of their business plan. Absolutely, but we wouldn't know that about right. them. We could have dove straight into selling them SEO on day one, and got them five leads a month, just to find that their pipeline was then getting thirty days longer each month to the point where they're now saying, right, I'm taking an order now that I can't deliver for six months. Well, nobody's going to wait six months for a, a slide for their garden, so you know, what's, what's the point? This just reminded me, it was a couple years ago and I might get some of the details mixed up, but so feel free to fill me in if you remember it better than me. But I think it was our, our previous content manager came to us and he was so bummed that we lost a client that had just signed up with SEO Hive like two or three months earlier. And he was like, Hey, you know, guys, really sorry. We just lost this client. I, you know, and I said, well, why? And he said, well, I don't know. Let me go back and ask. And so he went back and asked and he came back and he said, uh, we got them too much business. They were overwhelmed and they're putting everything on pause. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can can we have your cancellation as a case study or a testimonial yeah. or something? Because that's, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's true blue. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. We're, we're so mad at you for doing too well. Okay. <laughs> but no, but you're right. If so, that was a situation where that agency, obviously that we were our agency partner in that situation lost out on that recurring revenue because you know they i guess they weren't aware of really that same exact thing what their limitations are going to be how much business can they handle and that's so funny that's that's honestly not really my thinking my thinking is 
let's do it. You know what I mean? Just throw everything until you burn out and crash, which is obviously horrible. And I realize that, but like, that's just, that's my motivation when I get going on things like that. So, but you, you but then again, you're in the, you're in the supplier side of things. You, you know, you've been running maintain press now for five to six years, as you say. So you're very much ingrained in you're the supplier. You have that safety barrier of the agency. But look, yeah. at SEO Hive, we do exactly the same thing. We, you can buy audits from us. We present out a set of audits today to somebody that placed an order last week um, just because they've never worked with us before. And, you know, for $47, they could try us out, see what the process was like and move on from there. Same um, concept. Yeah. Paid audits, they, paid discovery, paid whatever. It's all the same concept. Yeah. They can try us out and, you know, hopefully that'll turn into a recurring client in the next few weeks. Who knows? Um, but, you know, our team can run audits, you know, till they're blue in the face in that respect. You know, we, we could turn out hundreds of these things if we needed to. Um, at least we don't have a 14 day lead time on us. So, <laughs> don't jinx us. No. <laughs> so, look, I, I think. I think we've basically about covered this one. No, you don't have to give up projects to do recurring revenue. In fact, it's healthy not to, but you do have to make sure that you can make the space in your diary and in your schedule and with your team in order to deliver. Yeah, definitely going to be more difficult to focus on sometimes if you don't have those, you know, those limit, those barriers in place or those plans in place, but uh, they can still help. And, and then at the same time, if you don't want to do projects, if they're not your thing, no problem, no sweat. Absolutely. Well, I think that brings this episode to a wrap. Other than to say that if you the plane landed, right? Is that what you said earlier? Landed. Yeah. If yeah, you're yeah, watching yeah. on YouTube, you see our cool little that. hand airplanes that were landing. Right? I know, but it was your it was your sound effect that went with it. That was the uh, the bit that might sound a bit weird on a podcast if people can't see it. I didn't know I made a sound effect. Now I'm embarrassed. Oh yeah, you did some kind of like ooh sound. <laughs> <laughs> now I've done it, but I didn't do the hand. So now, now it doesn't matter whether you're watching it or, or listening to it. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so other than to say, if you haven't liked or subscribed this show in your podcast player of choice, or you haven't left us a review, please feel free to to go and do that. And what would really mean a lot to me and Jeff would be if you are finding these shows useful, if you could go and share share it with just one other person that maybe uses WordPress for their website, maybe is running an agency, um, you know, uh, that they're the they're the kinds of people that we want to listen to this. So if you could go and share it with us, that well for us, that would really be amazing. And uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Please, thank you, and we love you. Laters. The WP SEO Show is brought to you by SEO Hive, your agency's proactive white label SEO partner. We understand that finding a reliable SEO supplier is key to ensuring you build stable monthly recurring revenue into your digital agency. At SEO Hive, we have a suite of products that will help you sell, scale and deliver your monthly SEO retainers, from our scout reports and one-off technical boosters, to our flagship local SEO and honeypot plans all of which have clear pricing and monthly deliverables. If you want to explore how SEO Hive can help your agency deliver high quality and reliable SEO agreements for your clients, you can find more information at seohive.co and schedule a call to discuss the next steps.